everybody. Welcome back to another edition of NASCAR Radio. Um, I'm one of your co-hosts, Val, and the other co-host, uh, the great Jason. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Glad to be back finally after yeah. a little bit of a lay- layoff. Yeah, if we had uh, you had taken a little bit of time off and we had the break, so this is technically our first episode of our second season. Um, super excited about that. A lot's happening the off season, you know, we're going to talk about a couple of different things. The Dunruss checklist has just uh, been released, and 2020 Dunruss will be releasing uh, today and should be hitting the streets here. So that's always exciting. Um, I don't know if you're a big fan of Dunruss, but I like that. I think you get a lot of value for your money. I know you don't get all the great hits. You get two memorabilia and one auto. It's usually a sticker auto, but if you're a base set collector, it's hard to beat. Yeah, this is one that I usually buy a hobby box of every year. Um, not early, usually later. Let it let the price you know go down a little bit, but then do the hobby box, get rid of the inserts, and uh, put the base set together. And then if there's any variations or whatever, I try to do most of those. Maybe not all of them. You can probably correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like one of the years recently the variations were pretty easy. And one of the years prior, they were difficult. I can't remember which years those were. Yeah, they did the name variations. I thought the name variations was 2018. They also had name variations last year as well. Uh, the in 17, I can't remember. They had they were short printed, but I, to your point, I think they were easier to get last year than the year before. Okay. They were like in a normal normal print run. I think. In 2018, you were close to a set with one box, but last year you took about two boxes. And last year they threw in the optic, which I really liked. Uh, I think that's a sleeper, and they continue that in 2020. So yeah, I saw that, and I saw contenders, and then I also saw you know the classics, of course, and I saw action packed. Is that the first time for action packed? And I tried to check eBay to see if we could get some live information, and there are new cards posted on eBay yet, because uh, I wanted to see what these looked like. I haven't seen them yet. But, of course, when I think Action Packed, I think 1993 for, you know, the thicker cards. So I don't know if it's something like that or if it's just Action Packed, like the terminology uh, for a racing insert set. So the Action Packed, I think I, I think that was maybe from last year. I can't remember okay. if it was in 18 or not. And like you, I saw Action Packed, and it it was a real pretty card. It was last year. I remember it was a uh, Brad Keselowski Miller light car. Uh, it wasn't embossed like the old tradition. If you're older and remember the, the original action pack, it was that embossed. But they're really nice because I thought, wow, this is really nice, good looking. And, of course, me, um, it's like this would be a good set to get autographed. In my mind, whenever I see some cards, it's, uh, I'm always looking at subsets and thinking, is, is that a good candidate to get autographed? So. Right. And later on, we talked about I have a um, last week at the Hall of Fame, and in Charlotte was the media week and the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, and then um, the Hall of Fame members only autograph session. Uh, we, and I can talk about that a little bit later. And then I know we were talking about the 2020 Denver, so I guess we can finish on that. And I saw some of the, the mock ups. The 1987 retro design looks great if you're collected cards in the late 80s or. Uh, have seen the 87 design. It just, it was a throwback to that. It was um, brought me back to uh, being 1820 and uh, collecting those cards. Yeah, I did see those. I 
I'm a fan of the 87 Donruss just because it was a childhood set. Correct me, though. I thought they did that a couple years ago with one of the Donruss sets. I thought they had 87 designs in one of those. So in 17, they did 84, and then 85, 86, and now with 87. Huh. Maybe I'm just thinking something was similar. I thought they had already done that one. Which that makes sense that they're going to keep going. So that would mean, you know, 88 next year, of course, and then 89 after. So that would be nice. I would love to see them get to the 90 on us with that red. Uh, I would love to see that, oh, actually, in a couple of years. Yes, now that you say that, I do remember that um, that red Donruss. Yeah, I was looking forward to the 86 last year and uh, didn't disappoint. And then uh, this year, just I wasn't sure how it was going to be, but out on one of my sites, the Racing Card Info, I have to check us out there. And I've got a picture of the Chris Busher in that 87 design with that black border with the that little strip that had the racing tires instead of the baseballs. So that's really good. And then, I didn't even pick and, up on that. I chew that now. And so they returned with the Rage Rookie set. They have had the Rage Rookie set in every year, but last year they did kind of more of a retro, uh, like a mock-up for Richard Petty's rookie and, and Danica and uh, right. Terry Labonte, Bobby Labonte, stuff like that. This year they swung back. So in 18 they had like Christopher Bell and William Byron and those guys. Um, and then, like I said last year, they, they kind of changed it. So this year they have Haley Deegan, Derek Krause, Sam Mayer, Tanner Gray, Max McLaughlin, Jesse Little, and Brittany Zamora. That's card 16 to 22. I'm not sure if they're going to be short printed or not, but I'm um, looking forward to seeing them. Always like uh, see what rookies are in the set, and then naturally, you know, one of my quests is to get the rookie cards autographed. So, but yeah, uh, and back keep it- to the 87 real quick. Um, yeah. I'm looking at your checklist and the pictures on your racing card info. And the Race Kings also have that 87 design as well. Yes. And I got I pulled those uh, pictures off. Uh, Panini America's got um, their quality control. So they just posted right. some pictures last night. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a great, you know, looking set. Those Race Kings, like the uh, one of the Donruss Kings. I can't remember. I'm, I'm, I'm drawing Kings a blank there. Diamond baseball. Kings, thank you. Yeah. 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 Diamond Kings, Raider Rookies, and the Ember Bays. Uh, they also have the cars, a retro section of cards, and then retro cards. Um, and then the optic, like I said. So, again, it's 100 cards, but it's really 90 cards with a 10-card insert. I'm curious to see uh, how that how they look in person. The pictures look good. Uh, like last year, the optic, I think if you held them in your hand, and they looked a lot better than the, the pictures. I guess it's like a, you know, your, your typical prism thing. Prism's hard to photograph. Um, and then there's so, all kinds of parallels as well to all these yeah brands. that's what i was going to ask you you said there were some new ones this year yeah there's a carolina blue orange um oh, yeah that was nice uh silver red uh the red's numbered to 299 blue to 199 green to 99 uh black actually is to their car number uh so anywhere from one to 99 which um, is interesting. That would be really tough to chase. You know, if you're a Jamie McMurray fan trying to find that one black, or if you're a Carl Edwards and there's 99 of them. So the purple to 49, pink to 25, black trophy cup 101, and printing plates 101. Uh, so uh, like last year, they had the gold and silver, black. So they, they've kind of shaken some stuff up, and I guess we be determined where the Carolina blue and the orange come if they're blasters or of how they're going to shake out. So we'll talk about more the Donruss uh, as it comes out. Yeah, I'm hoping, I'm going to, when I go pick up my son today, actually, in a little bit, I'm hoping to go see, check out Walmart and Target and see if they have anything up yet 
Uh, I went yesterday, and they hadn't stopped yet because, you know, of course, this is the big tops Series 1 week for baseball. Uh, so nothing's been stocked, so I'm hoping today I can check it out and see if maybe, like you said, that maybe the Carolina Blue and the Orange are store exclusives because we're definitely getting a lot more of those in the other sports. But I think the Carolina Blue, I don't think we've seen it really in anything other than tops, uh, like the base uh, flagship set. So it'll be interesting to see what they look like, you know, on this Don Russ racing card design. I'll be interested. And even the orange, something different. I'm happy to see that. Yeah, the now the Optic also has uh, the hollow Carolina Blue wave, orange, pulsar, red mojo, gold, number to 10, and gold vinyl. <laughs> one-on-ones. To your point, I can't wait to see what the optic in the base look like with the, the different parallels. So, so I was try to chase one of the parallels. It's a long project, but, you know, with only a couple of releases throughout the year, I think racing, you can kind of move at a slower pace and not feel like, I, I'm not a big baseball collector, and you probably have more experience in this, but I feel like with baseball, you know, you have to get what you need to get right away, and then the next week or two weeks later, another thing hits. You know, it's like you're moving in one place and going to another place. I don't want to say like, you know, the, the squirrel kind of thing. You know, you work on a project and you never get to finish anything because there's so much stuff you're being right. flooded with. No, you're absolutely right because it's either do it real, really fast or sacrifice, you know, the next release or split your time. So definitely decisions to be made with the other sports as opposed to the racing. Now, I wanted to ask you, and you, because you would have more experience with this, does it seem like the Dawn Rust is a really limited release as far as retail goes? It seems like, to me, there's more Prism, although not a lot, uh, than the Dawn Rust Racing. Or does it just get wrapped up in everything else because it's this time of the year? I don't know. Sometimes I see it and sometimes I don't. I really haven't seen a lot of the 20... 19 Donruss. I believe I saw 2018 and opened some. The Walmart by me, I'm here in the Carolinas, and I'm, I still have 2018 Prism, um, which you can get online cheaper than uh, – they're not even discounted. They're not even at a clearance. They're at full price for 2018 Prism. Um, I have to go to the show to see the 2019 Prism. Um, so – my Walmart is definitely falling behind. I don't think my Target has any racing. It carries it, but I don't think they restock it. I think all of the energy is being put, and I say energy, and energy of uh, the company that restocks those card sections right. into Prism, Tops, anything basketball, anything baseball. I mean, I was checking at the Walmart and looking for Prism like everybody else, but I was seeing Heritage on clearance and then um, right. some I of the older too. stuff coming in. Series 2 Tops baseballs back out, blasters and stuff. So uh, I, I think, unfortunately, racing is a little harder to find, but I don't, I'm always curious to see what the numbers are, what the print run is for racing compared to other products. Messed with some numbers of opening hobby boxes and how many golds and blacks and stuff you get because those are numbered and, and get an idea of how many you get per box and trying to figure out how many cases were made. But uh, right. the numbers aren't right because it doesn't take an effect for blasters. But, you know, I was coming with, I think, like 500 cases, hobby uh, boxes. So Because I was trying to get an idea of optic, how many optics were out. Uh, the gold is numbered to 10, but everything else is not numbered. So trying to get an idea. Because I, I really like the optic. I think that's a great set. And... History will tell if I'm right or not, but I think that's a sleeper, so we'll see. 
No, I was just going to say I agree with you that, you know, I think they stock it the first time, maybe a restock once, and then it's done. And I would also be curious to see if it's regional. You know, if you get – you're in the prime area, so I feel like you should get more than, you know, my area does or than, you know, Minnesota or whatever. So uh, really surprising every time you say that, that you say, you know, you're not getting too much stock done in your area. That really surprises me because I feel like that's, you know, Yeah, prime, you would think that prime spot, you would so. be able to – yeah, you wouldn't see anything else. But so it's weird. No, but it racing racing's tough. It's kind of like trying to – like wrestling cards, like some places they sit and some places they sell out. Maybe it's just, you know, the right person on the right day. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's an exciting time, I think. I can, because I've been following racing here for a while, I can kind of see on the horizon some of the changes that are coming, and I think it's all for the better. I know there's a lot of smart people working at NASCAR to try to uh, increase uh, the fan base, and hopefully that trickles over to collectors. And, um, you know, with we talked about it before with them taking the tracks private and the TV contracts coming up and they're working on the new uh, modular cars. I've heard um, rumors of that maybe Honda might be trying to get into NASCAR. And then you have Haley Deegan working her way up the series. Now she's in ARCA. So it's exciting. And then you start racing this weekend, but Daytona is not till next weekend. So a lot of exciting things. And this following week or the following week, this last week, in Charlotte, we had unofficially a media week where the teams come, get their pictures taken in their fire suits and everything, talk to all the media. Play, uh, media, And I was able to stop by and work on um, – well, I stopped by uh, – you know, I told you about doing – trying to do some projects. I'm working on the 2015 press pass. That those have multiple cards of particular drivers, so trying to get multiple autographs of Dale Hart Jr. is tough, let alone – you know, Jimmy right. Johnson and Jeff Gordon. So it's a multi-year project. I needed Brad Keselowski, and, but I will stop down there and, and got to see some of those drivers, take some selfies with them and get some autographs, which was, which was great. And so that was Tuesday and Wednesday. And then the induction ceremony was Friday, which was really amazing. Tony Stewart, Joe Gibbs, Bobby Labonte, Waddell Wilson, and the late Buddy Baker were inducted, which was really cool. You can go to like this dinner ahead, um, right before that. It's like three hundred dollars. So I had taken my dad, who he started to become a race fan. It's a lot of fun. I had um, I didn't tell you this before we started, but when you do that, you get a driver at your table. So Grant Infinger was there and his wife. They were very nice, great. Uh, I talked to him a little bit, talked to him about the show, and uh, he said that uh, he would be on the show. So uh, I well, somehow nice. so yeah. I was going to ask you: Is it luck of the draw? Or is it you can pay more and get a certain driver? How does that work? So the dinner is really interesting. Uh, it's this big, massive ballroom. Uh, I guess there were about 110 tables because I was at table 108. And okay. I guess there's about 12 people at a table. For the majority of them, they are the inductees, past inductees, family of inductees. So Joe Gibbs was there, naturally, since he was being inducted. Kyle Busch was there, you know, Bobby Labonte and Benny Hamlin, all of the Gibbs drivers were there, even Matt Kenseth, and he was one of the guys that I needed since he's kind of out of the scene now and, and somewhat retired. Uh, I needed to grab, uh, get two autographs of him to finish that 15th century, which I did, which I was very excited. Uh, Carl Edwards didn't show, I, and I don't say he didn't show, but I expected him to be there, but he wasn't. So then gotcha. you have uh, Richard Petty and, and – um, any of the past Hall of Famers were there with families, Rick Hendrick, like I said, everybody. So 
this is massive ballroom, and you can walk around and get photos. Everybody's talking. Tony Stewart, Greg Zipidelli, you know. So they reserve, I don't know how many tables, five tables, three tables for Hall of Fame members that want to pay for the dinner. And those have a driver. And like I said, we have, it's kind of luck of the draw. We actually were supposed to have two drivers, Harrison Burton. I don't know if I should say this or not, but they must have oversold the table, and he had brought his um, I'm assuming it was his girlfriend with him, and there's only one seat for the two of them, so uh, they went to another table. But it's a great thing was there with his wife. And I did ask him about, you know, how is it, you know, signing a thousand autographs and stuff. So and he said, you know, he would take time every weekend to uh, sign the cards or whatever. So it was really cool to talk to him about that. And I told him, you know, about the the cards and whatever, and he was great. And so I need to con- reach out to him and contact him and have him on the show. So that was really cool. But then they also do the jacket ceremony there. They have um, a special jacket like the folks that make the Masters jacket. They make the Hall of Fame, NASCAR Hall of Fame jacket, uh, special blue with the patch. And then so they have the jacket presentation during the dinner, and then everybody walks over to the other ballroom for the broadcast of the induction ceremony. And then the um, Saturday, they had a members only. So if you're a member of the Hall of Fame, they have different levels of membership. But you can get a raffle or a lottery. They had... Tony Stewart and Waddell Wilson signing, and then Joe Gibbs and Bobby Labonte. And uh, I was lucky enough to get the Tony Stewart and Waddell Wilson. I had another Tony Stewart card to get autographed for the 2015, which I was able to do. So I was able to knock out a lot. I think I needed seven, and I got four. So I think uh, I need two Dale and her juniors and Carl Edwards. Those are the last three for the 2015 project. So I need to uh, have that out on a blog, and I need to probably move it over to my other site to document it. So, But it's a lot of fun, you know, working on a project like that. So I don't want to get you too sidetracked, but it just came to me. I'm curious, because you do get a lot of stuff in person, um, and you have the luxury of, you know, living where you do, then that definitely helps. But in your situation, do you ever buy cards that are signed to finish your set, or do you try to get it all in person? I try to get them all in person if I can. The only way I would buy one would be of someone who has passed that I'm trying to work on. Um, The one that comes to mind is the Benny Parsons. And then, I don't know if I talked about this before, but I'm working on the 1972 STP set. It's only, I think we said it was 11 cards or 12 cards. Uh, Emo Langley has passed, Benny Parsons, and Dick Brooks have passed. And I was able to secure an email Langley signed, which I sent off to PSA to get a uh, blue slab at the time. And what, one thing that I like to do is um, when I'm working on set is to get them authenticated by PSA. I know there's a lot going on with PSA and the trimming and stuff like that, but and authenticating autographs. You know, when I do the in-person or I don't necessarily just buy an auto out of the blue without kind of doing a little bit of research first to make sure right. uh, it looks good. And then, you know, like I said, getting them authenticated and then, you know, putting them on the set registry. So, but there are cases where I do buy cards autographed, but as a, but it's really the only circumstance would be if somebody has passed, unless it's a, a harder card to get I need. But right. I don't think real have resorted to that much other than the Benny Parsons. And I think it was a 2004, the little snapshots. It's a little like two by two card and uh, started working on that set. Yeah. I, the problem with doing these projects is, I bite up more than I can chew kind of a thing. I start a project and then you start getting bogged down and then uh, you see something else and you want to start it. So for, you know, Panini was doing cards. So 
Yeah, I mean, but that last the, statement makes sense because the getting bogged down because either something new comes out or maybe you're too far along to, to give up but not close enough to get something finished. So I definitely understand that. Yeah, and when you see somebody, you know, when you have an opportunity to get like a Dale Earnhardt Jr., you kind of kind of have to weigh whether you want to get autographs. So like the Tony Stewart, if I've seen Stewart before, do I want to get his rookie autographed? Am I working on some other project that right. – um, to get autographed and sometimes not that I'm trying to do whatever but the one that comes to mind is in 2016 Prism they did a little subset called I believe it's Champions and there's a Jimmy Johnson Richard Petty there's only five cards in there so I started getting some of them signed but then I think I thought well the Prism version of the Prism would be shinier and look nicer than just the base Prism that Mm -hmm. makes sense yeah so I gotten one of those Tony Stewart signs before and then not realizing that the prism was probably a better one, a prism prism or whatever you want to call them, silvers would look better. So, you know, I'm saying I wasted the Tony Stewart opportunity, but so whenever you see these folks, it's not like, you know, they live next door and I can just get a ton of them. I always try to be you know, polite and only ask for one or two um, right. and not trying to get hand out nine or 10 cards. And so I can finish my projects. I, you know, we'll try again. And like I said, try to be polite. So, and the drivers are at the media were great. You know, they signed with no issues. There weren't a lot of folks there, and you know, getting pictures, whatever. So, yeah, Chase you had a bunch Elliott, of pictures posted. Yeah, the only person that asked anything was Chase Elliott. I had put uh, had two rookies for him to sign, and uh, he asked me what what they were going for nowadays, and I told him I didn't know because. But he was the only one who asked about price, and I think probably natural for somebody when they're rookie, they sign a lot. And then they realize that, you know, they see probably these baseball card prices or whatever. They, people are selling stuff for a lot of prices, and they figure maybe that, you know, somebody's making money on them. And I think it takes a while for them to realize, well, the other thing to do is look at closed auctions on eBay. It's tough, though, because you never really know what the person – I mean, granted, there are people that are obvious that you can tell, but I feel like in general it's hard to say that all adults – you know, it really bothers me when people say only sign for kids, and it's like, well, you know – I collect as much as the next person, you know, maybe that kid, maybe that kid knows how to use eBay and sell stuff, you know, so it's, it's tough, you know, I'm sure Chase was asking out of curiosity more so than in a negative way. So yeah, they don't, they don't know. And and there's not a lot of, you know, everybody knows if you turn on the news or if you hear anything about baseball cards or whatever, it's always about the price and what something sells for or whatever it is. It's not, you know, Oh, this person here is working on, an autograph set, you know, that's right. kind of down deep in the bowels of collecting as opposed to, you know, what Zion 101s are going for, you know. Which, you know, again, not to say anything bad about Chase. I mean, any person uh, that gives you an autograph is, you know, doing that out of their time. So I appreciate all of it, and I always try to be polite to everybody. So if they don't want to sign, that is fine. I've had drivers say I'm not signing today, which is, you know, perfectly fine. Like I said, it's an honor to get, you know, somebody's autograph. So, But that uh, wrapped up last week and the whole media week so we're moving on to daytona and the start of the 2020 season which is exciting we have a couple of xfinity drivers moving up christopher bell tyler reddick and cole custer tyler reddick i want to tell you i i saw him and i got an autograph or two for him because he we had talked about this before he won the championship back to back with two different teams that's like the first time it's ever been done so i was talking to him about that and he said he's going to try to make it three <laughs> make it three oh, wow. so i thought that was pretty gutsy and uh, he's got a, a big ego. The guy can drive, so good luck to him. Um, 
in 2020. So that's exciting. You get these, uh, like I said, rookies coming up. And then you have Matt Diabetto who moved over uh, got, and kind of got pushed out of the Levine race. And I believe make room for Christopher Bell. He's going over to Wood Brothers. Uh, so he's getting a better ride, moving over to Ford. Paul Menard retired, semi-retired. And then we also have big news that Haley Deegan moved over to DGR and they're running Ford. They moved over, I think, from Toyota Ford. So that's big news. And she's going to be Ford equipment for the ARCA. So I'm looking forward to uh, seeing her race in Charlotte in May in the ARCA race. So she's working her way up. It's crazy to me because I might be in the minority, but whenever you say that somebody switched teams, the first thing I think of is, like, new patches. Because <laughs> I think, you know, I, you know, Haley Deegan now is Ford, and I'm thinking of Ford patches. You know, that's my first, first instinct on these. Gotcha. Well, I think... You know, Toyota had a long, you know, have a development program, Christopher Bell, and, and coming through the Kyle Busch Motorsports, Toyota Trucks, trying to get that talent to the higher levels in that equipment or those makes. You know, Jeff Gordon could have been in the Ford, but the story goes, they approached, he approached Jack Roush, or Jack Roush approached Jeff Gordon about driving for him. He wouldn't come unless... Ray Abraham came. Goes that Jack Roush wasn't going to be let some you know eighteen nineteen year old kid dictate who his crew chief is going to be. You know they're funding the mo- they're putting up the money for the teams, and uh, Rick Hendrick was more than happy to do do it. So for you know that whole Chevy brand, that was a big deal. And then that whole uh, team also spawned Chad Knauss and Jimmy Johnson, so who, who uh, Chad Knauss studied kind of under um, Ray Abraham. I guess it's kind of like in football where uh, they have this lineage of folks were coaching at one place and oh, they kind of sure. fall out. So it, that's interesting. And uh, so the, we got the start of the 2020 season. Looking forward to that. And uh, we got the Dunruss brand. Also, I'd like to take a second to thank folks that comment and subscribe, review the podcast. Michael Rayon. I've known him actually for a while. He actually runs the nuts, but uh, he gave us a nice compliment. Um, it's about time that someone realizes that our hobby needed a voice. That one, Jason, have a wealth of knowledge and bring an incredible love of the hobby to the trading of the racing collect- collectors. Instead of getting a bone thrown to us once in a while, we have the whole dinner. So thank you, Michael. And Beans Ball Card Blog. My, I need, uh, I guess, better glasses here. Proof that there is room for many podcasts in the hobby. This is the only NASCAR trading card podcast there is. Now I just need Val and Jason to give IndyCar a little love. And can we're going to do that? I know there's a couple of indie sets I'd like to talk about. So this coming 2020 season, we'll we'll uh, we'll do that. So thank you for those two. And if you're listening, if you please give us a review. Doesn't have to be five star. Just the, and um, leave us a comment so we can get better at this. This is collecting cards and NASCARs kind of a passion so and we want to discuss whatever you, everybody wants to talk about so we just want to talk about it and if you'll subscribe to the podcast yeah and i don't i, I don't know if people realize you know how important that stuff is and you know i was just somebody that never left comments or gave star ratings or anything like that or the surveys on customer service phone calls you know that sort of thing but i've realized now with this and with a couple other things in my personal life that you know, especially with the podcast, when you get subscribers and comments and, you know, higher ratings, it makes you easier to find to people that may not exactly be looking for you. So it makes it easier to find and more accessible for other people when we get more, I guess, more interaction. 
because, like you said, whether or not it's five stars or not, we just want to know what's going on and what you think. So uh, it's definitely important, you know, positive or negative, to, uh, to, to help us out in that area. Yeah, I, I think the NASCAR trading card industry it has a lot of value, and I think people just don't know about it and are uneducated, and I enjoy sharing my knowledge with it and what I've learned. Uh, granted, I don't know everything, but I will find out information about it. And that being said, trying to broaden um, the reach to trading cards, we're going to be part of the Hobby Hotline. It's going to be a Saturday call-in show, 11 o'clock Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. And it's going to be a rotation. It'll have uh, Wax Pack Hero about the cards. Let me get that potograph, Sports Card Nation, Mojo Breaks, and NASCAR Radio. And we take your, your calls as actually a video call. We just, you know, talk cards. So, if you're a NASCAR trading card collector, uh, please join. If you're just, I guess, if you're just a card collector in general, I guess call. So, but I think that's great for the hobby. The more education that we can put out there, that consumers can make an educated decision. I mean, they're spending their hard-earned money. Money. I think that's always a good thing when you, you know you're making an educated decision. Yeah, definitely. And a show like that where you have multiple people involved, it's you know, granted, it's multiple opinions, but it's also multiple points of view. So it might enlighten some people just because one person thinks one thing and somebody thinks something else. You can kind of get both sides of the story and uh, kind of make a decision for yourself, an educated decision. Yeah, I added it up, and it's almost 300 years' worth of experience collecting cards. So hopefully yeah. whenever uh, whatever you are running into, somebody should have seen it hopefully before. So Right. Okay. I guess we can leave it for there. Um, thank you, Jason, so much. And if everybody will like and subscribe, or uh, leave a review, we'd greatly appreciate it. And looking forward to Daytona and how the teams shake out. And I guess next week when we talk about, I guess it's time now, if you're going to do some through-the-mail autographs, now's a good time to uh, get your supplies together and um, for sending out some cards So for the earlier part of the season. We can talk about that next week. Sounds good. So we can revisit Don Russ. Hopefully we, both of us have opened some by that point. So. Yeah, I'm hope, hoping to get my hands on it, and um, if not, at least look at some breaks and stuff online and see how it's uh, doing. But it looks beautiful. Can't wait to next week. Thank you again, Jason. Thank you again for all the listeners. Appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, sounds good.